Plaza Direct King's Court starts now.
Tuesday morning, St. Louis, and all points north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in. This is the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Window World, King's Court on kevinslaytonshow.com. kevinslaytonshow.com. This is the website where we broadcast our show live every morning from nine or 7 to 9 Central Time. Now you can hear the podcast right here. You can also hear it on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, Anchor, any place you listen to find podcasts, you'll find ours. And we're here every day for you. We bring you the unvarnished truth, backed by facts and evidence. Now, if anyone else tries to claim that, you'll listen and find out it's not exactly true. Very often, what they're backing their claims with is their own opinion. We have our opinions, but we also back things with facts. And we back our own opinions with facts. It's the way to do it. Anything else is shortchanging you, and we won't do that. We'll never do that on our show. And that's why we have the wonderful folks who sponsor our show, and please, of course, support our sponsors because they are the reason we're on. And there's so much ground to cover yet again. This is the day after the somber 9-11 ceremonies all over the country yesterday. One person wasn't around. And that's the supposed leader of the free world, the supposed leader of our country. We're going to get into that, what people think about it, what former, uh, not former, what what family members of those who were were killed on 9-11 think about it. You'll hear all of that. You'll also hear Biden tell another whopper, another lie, a blatant lie. This one intended, I believe, to just hurt people. He just wants people to suffer who are already suffering with his lies regarding 9-11. There's really no other reason for him to tell these kinds of lies. You'll also hear a story about a guy who bought the World Trade Center a month before the 9-11 attacks and how he immediately tried to cash in on his insurance money. It's disgusting, but it's true, and you'll hear about it. Kellyanne Conway will weigh in on how tough it is for Biden to go all the way from his White House to the Pentagon to commemorate 9-11. Apparently that's a tough lift for him because he didn't do it. He stayed away from Washington. He stayed away from New York. He stayed away from Shanksville, Pennsylvania. The only president since 9-11 to do so. Steve Hilton will be along to tell us about how the world is watching all of this. This pathetic performance in Hanoi at his news conference. An equally pathetic performance yesterday during a fuel stop in Alaska where he started yelling again. By the way, have you ever noticed when Biden speaks at a podium, there's two microphones attached to the podium like there is for everyone, but he has to hold a stick mic. Why do you suppose that is? All he does is pops his peas when he does that, but I think he believes that that makes him cool and that he's going to wander around the stage or the podium as if he makes him some sort of hipster. This guy is a dork personified. He, but, but more than a dork, he is vile and he is evil. The most evil president we've ever had, and that says a lot. That means I'm including Obama in that group, who is the second most evil president ever elected in this country. I don't even think Biden was elected. 
And then he lectured us. He had the nerve to lecture us yesterday about petty politics. Wow. It's incredible stuff. Sherrod Brown, another liberal psychopath, actually went in front of Congress. You, you won't believe it when you hear it. But he wants a health, a public health emergency declared regarding racism, that racism is now a public health emergency. He said it with a mask on, by the way. What a loser. What an abject loser. But he's a Democrat, so it's not a surprise. Dr. Nicholas Carderis was on with Megyn Kelly. He is a psychologist and an addiction expert, and he will weigh in on why mental illness seems to be affecting the younger generations much more than it ever did ours or our parents and grandparents. Why is that? He has the answers. I don't know if it will surprise you, but it will certainly make you stand up and take notice. Biden gave $6 billion in loan for, or in uh, debt forgiveness to Iran in a prison exchange, $6 billion. But wait a minute, there's a caveat. Qatar will hold on to the money unless it's spent for humanitarian reasons. I'm sure that, that'll happen, right? But more importantly, Biden decided to announce this deal with the Iranians, the number one state-sponsored country of terrorism, on 9-11. He did that purposefully in order to hurt people. He specializes in causing pain to American citizens. And, most important part, he doesn't care. Frank Siller will be along to emphasize that point as well. It's incredible. Have you heard what the governor of New Mexico has done? She has taken it upon her own hands to tell the U.S. Supreme Court and the Constitution of the United States, you don't matter. She's instituted a ban on carrying firearms in public. You can't do that. That's unconstitutional. But she did it. And now she's facing massive protests, including from her own party. You'll hear from her today. And you'll hear from the sheriff in the largest New Mexico county, who's basically telling her to pound salt. He's not enforcing it. These liberals have zero respect for the law. Biden had the Supreme Court rule against him again yesterday regarding the messaging that his White House and the threats that his White House made towards social media platforms during the election and during COVID, especially COVID. And yet, while the Supreme Court ruled that way against him, he's going to be talking to the social media platforms anyway. Biden has no regard for the law. I love it when liberals tell you that the rule of law is what we're talking about with Donald Trump. No, you're not. You're talking about your incarnation of what you believe laws to be. These aren't laws that you claim Donald Trump broke. There is no law on the books anywhere. You can complain about election results. You can claim they're rigged. You can do all of that. It's perfectly legal. Democrats have been doing it for decades. 
you'll hear the liberal side of the equation desperately, and I mean desperately, trying to somehow prop Biden up and defend him. He's indefensible. But you'll hear them try. Including the airhead, Sonny Hostin Houston, now vying for the dumbest woman on television. She has stiff competition, mind you. She has Ainsley Earhart. She has Nicole Wallace. She has people right there on the same set with her on The View. Anna Navarro, Whoopi Goldberg, Alyssa Farah Griffin, Joy Behor. There's a lot of competition right in her own studio. But nonetheless, Sonny Hostin Houston is doing her best to wrestle the title away from all of these other dumb women as the dumbest woman, perhaps the dumbest person on television. But there's always Steve Ducey. He's a hard one to top. But the airhead factor among women in television is growing. It's not getting smaller. It's growing. You'll hear from Rudy Giuliani. He took a walking tour of lower Manhattan yesterday on 9-11, the exact same path that he took 22 years ago on that very day when he was mayor of New York City. He didn't go to bed as Biden did in Vietnam, said he was so tired he was going to bed. Rudy Giuliani didn't go to bed until 2 or 3 in the morning and said he slept in 10-minute intervals because he knew he had to lead a city. He knew, in essence, he had to lead the country. You're going to hear all of those things this morning. And, of course, we can only do it our two shows a day. We do another one at noon, our sports show. We can only do that with Monster Energy Drink helping us along the way. Monster Energy Drink, which gives us that energy, that focus that we need. It's like a gut punch of energy. And, man, does it get you going. Now, what I love about Monster Energy, in addition to the fact that I can drink their one can with zero sugar, and only 10, uh, 10 calories. I love it because Monster Energy Drink surrounds us with fun. Every time they throw an event, whether they sponsor a sporting event or bring one of your favorite bands to your hometown, they make it a fun event. Probably the coolest event you'll ever take part in. They throw parties around it. They know how to have a good time. And Monster Energy Drink is front and center. And it should be all the time. Anytime you need a pick-me-up, there's your answer. Monster Energy Drink. It's more than just an energy drink. It's a lifestyle in a can. And it is the most badass energy drink on the planet. Unleash the beast in you today with Monster Energy Drink. Well, I don't know if you were watching the Monday Night Football game last night, but you talk about sad, and I mean sad. On the fourth play of the game... After all of the brouhaha during the offseason of bringing Aaron Rodgers from the Packers to the New York Jets, the Jets unveil Rodgers. He's the last guy introduced. He runs out to the screaming throng of 83,000 people carrying an American flag on September 11th in New York. It couldn't have been more emotional. And then it got even more emotional for Rodgers four plays into the game when he was tackled trying to get away from a rusher and twisted his foot and apparently tore his Achilles tendon. A friend of mine texted me and said, I can't believe how bad the luck is that the Jets have. They have the worst luck of any team. 
And I said at the time, I said, I'm guessing that's an Achilles injury. We'll all wait and see. Sure enough, I was playing doctor pretty accurately. It's an Achilles injury. And they'll do an MRI today to confirm their worst fears that it's a tear and that he'll miss the entire season. It may end his career. He's 39 years old. I hope it does not. But if you're a football fan, that had to sadden you last night because you were looking forward, as I was, to seeing Rodgers play for a new team. The Jets were legitimate Super Bowl contenders. They proved it by winning without him against a Super Bowl contender, Buffalo. But it was different. They didn't have their leader, and they won't have him the rest of the year. Fortunately, they have a very good backup in Zach Wilson, who was their starter before they brought Aaron Rodgers in. But all of that goes by the sadness that you can imagine Aaron Rodgers feels. There's nothing more exciting than the start of the season for these athletes and nothing more disappointing than having your season end on the first day. He hadn't even completed a pass yet, and his season is over. It's very sad. Well, today is a big day for betters in sports. Adam Wainwright pitches. It is not take your dad to school day. It is take your money to the bookie day and cash in against Adam Wainwright. They're playing the first place Orioles who have 91 wins and they're going to trot Wainwright out to get his brains beat in yet again. It's become a comedy and the Cardinals are starring in it. And it will happen again about 535 tonight. If you want to see a human sacrifice, watch the Cardinals game tonight. However, in this case, the human sacrifice is willingly sacrificing his own pride and his own excellence in prior years. He's willingly doing it to himself to humiliate himself. It's almost as if Wainwright has some sort of a of a torture wish for himself. He just wants to suffer. Well, he will, starting at 5.30 tonight. As he has each of the last 11 times he started a game. But let's get into Biden yesterday lying yet again. During a stopover in um, Alaska for refueling, Biden made the ultimate mistake. He took a microphone in his hand. And when Biden takes a microphone in his hand, lies will follow. Almost every word out of his mouth always is a lie. So anytime he speaks publicly, you're going to see lying some more. Here's what he said yesterday about his memories of the day after the 9-11 attacks 22 years ago. Browns are in New York. And I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could, from where you could stand. Except that you weren't there the day after. You weren't there on September 12th or 13th or 14th or 15th or 16th or 17th or 18th or 19th or the 20th. You went there over a week later. The day after on September 12th, Biden was in Washington, D.C., giving a speech on the floor of the Senate. The Senate met in the morning. And a classified briefing was held for all senators that afternoon at 2 o'clock Eastern time, rendering it impossible for Biden to have been at ground zero the day after.
A report in Gannett News on September 12, 2001 said Delaware Senator Joe Biden spent Wednesday exactly where he wanted, in the U.S. Senate. Biden, in his own autobiography, said that he headed back to the Capitol on September 12th and made no mention of visiting Ground Zero that day. That's in his own autobiography. Wow. It's pretty sad. So, media reached out to the White House for comment on that lie, but they won't respond. Of course they won't respond. They're the single biggest pack of liars that ever walked the earth. And they're cool with it. And then ballsy Biden decided that lying wasn't enough. We needed a good old-fashioned lecture from this creep, this serial liar, telling us not to participate in petty politics on 9-11. Can you imagine? It's more important than ever that we come together around the principle of American democracy, regardless of our political backgrounds. We must not succumb to the poisonous politics of difference and division. We must never allow ourselves to be pulled apart by petty manufactured grievances. We must continue to stand united. Wow. How, how, how evil is this guy? He's, he's pathetic, really. We must stand united. It's more important than ever. This guy who claims he wants to unite the country, of course it's all poppycock, decides to skip the most solemn ceremony that we observe every year. And then lies about being there 20 years earlier. And then lectures you and me, how dare us take part in petty politics. We should stand united. There has never been a president, including Obama, who has divided this country more distinctly than O'Biden. Not even close. Obama divided us on racial lines. He tried. He really didn't succeed. Until the media got behind him, and of course now O'Biden. Now they desperately try to divide you along racial lines, and it's working. Because I can tell you, white people are fed up with it. White people are sick and effing tired of it. So if you want to create a civil war, you're going to get one. But it's not the white people's fault. It's the media's fault, and it's the political hack's fault. I don't hear too many black people running around claiming racism unless they're a member of the media or they're a politician. But I don't hear too many black people. I don't hear too many athletes screaming about racism. I don't hear actors, even the liberal ones, screaming about racism. I don't hear everyday black people screaming about racism because they know it's a lie. But white people are fed up with it. And the, what they want to do, the liberals, the politicians and the media, what they want to do is piss off the white people so much that the white people respond in a way that they want to be able to say, see, we told you. But politicians and media want white people to hate black people and vice versa. It's what they live for. They live to divide you. The next person in politics who claims that they want to unite the country, you know they're a liar. 
They're li- I don't care if it's Trump or anybody. If they claim that they're going to unite the country, they're a liar because they don't want to. I do believe Trump would like to, but he knows he can't, or he should know he can't. And that's a good thing. I don't want a united country. A united country is a Stepford country. Everybody believes the same. I want differing ideas. What has to happen, though, is criminals like Biden and his entire regime need to be held accountable for not allowing freedom of speech, not allowing the exchange of free ideas. Universities in this country need to be shamed into firing everybody on their campuses. Every single person should be let go of every university until freedom of speech is allowed on that campus again. Until then, F them all. Put them all out of work and see how it feels to not be able to speak. Now, the things that I'm advocating would change America overnight, but they'll never happen. When weak people have power, we are at our most dangerous time. It's not just weak people hurting us. It's weak people with power. These are weak people, but they have power. And we gave it to them. We can't do it. Americans aren't really crazy about Biden skipping the ceremonies yesterday, and they voice their opinions. It's no surprise to me that he's not coming to uh, Ground Zero or any of the 9-11 sites. And quite frankly, I prefer he stay away anyway. We will be spared one of his uh, stories of how he can relate. He is now just saying that flippantly, that he doesn't have to come to any of the sites and commemorate the loss with the families. That's terrible. If our leader is so willing to not show up to the memorial services, it's showing the message that Americans have forgotten and that it's okay to forget. It's exactly what it's showing. He hasn't forgotten. He just doesn't care. you got to understand, Biden doesn't care. He doesn't care about anyone. All you have to know about this guy is he doesn't care about his own granddaughter. You don't have to know any more. Has any grandfather or grandmother ever publicly shunned their granddaughter or grandson in the history of our country? I don't think so. Now, there are bad dads, there are bad moms, bad grandpas and grandmas. But none of them publicly claim, I don't want anything to do with my granddaughter. Certainly no one in a position of power, political power. But this guy did. So you don't need to know anymore. You don't need to ask, is Joe Biden a liar? Is Joe Biden Biden rotten? You don't need to ask, is Joe Biden a criminal? All you need to know is he shunned his own granddaughter, and the rest falls into place behind it. You have your answers to all the other questions once you know that. And we do know it. Frank Schiller is the founder of Tunnel to Towers Foundation. No one has done more to honor 9-11 families than Frank Schiller. His own brother was murdered by the terrorist as a first responding fireman. And what has Frank Schiller done? He didn't sit on his ass and complain and whine and moan. He went out and created a foundation that will pay off mortgages of families of first responders killed on duty. That's what Frank Siller did. 
And the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is one of the great charities in the history of our country. He responded to Biden ignoring the 9-11 ceremonies. So on a day like today, which is such a sad day for my family and so many other families that lost a loved one 22 years ago, you would think that a president would bring some comfort to 9-11 families and to speak of unity and speak of making sure that we're going to keep this country safe against people that are trying to kill us then. And I guarantee you, still trying to kill us now. Some of them are coming over our borders. Um, and it was uh, disturbing to watch him and, and his remarks and the way that he was, uh, the, his administration was boasting about a, a, a 20, a $40 billion deal with the Saudi, with Saudis, uh, you know, for infrastructure. And I mean, it, it, it's the, not only just tone deaf, it's disturbing because it's almost like they don't care. They just don't care. Frank Schiller, you're 100% right. Carpe diem to you. They don't care. And anyone who thinks they do is as dumb as they are. They will never care. Joe Biden cares about no one, not even his own granddaughter. Joe Biden is a traitor. He's a criminal. He's always been stupid, and he's always been a pathological liar. And he's always, make sure you understand this part, he's always been corrupt. If Joe Biden doesn't end up in jail, then no one in America should ever go to jail again. Ever. For anything. And it's about time this country stood up. And there needs to be an insurrection. We need to have one. We, the Constitution obligates us to stand up to tyranny and to treasonous leaders. It tells us it's our duty. So any of these political prisoners from January 6th are in jail as a result of a corrupt government violating its own Constitution. Joey Jones lost his legs in a bomb explosion after the 9-11 attacks when he enlisted. Is it too much to ask of Biden to show up? All we ask of those that represent us, those that get to make decisions, is to be honest, make the best decision they can, and and, uh, have accountability when they screw up. So when you look at Joe Biden, I can't help but think about the fact that, you know, Flight 93 was headed towards D.C. Regular Americans took that plane down, sacrificed their life, ultimately to save people in D.C., to save our elected representatives. But today, our elected president couldn't make it back to D.C. or New York or Pennsylvania just to say some words, show some respect. But I guess that makes sense. He's looking to win votes of generations that weren't alive when 9-11 happened. Two years ago, he botched ending the war. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. You hear that theme over and over again from all of these people, the same thing. He doesn't care. You've heard it from me for years on this show, if you've listened. Joe Biden has never cared, though. That's nothing new. It's not a revelation. He's never cared about anyone. He's insulted our veterans. He's insulted those families who lost their loved ones on 9-11. He's insulted the first responders who lost loved ones in the ensuing years because they were working down there 
and they got cancer. They got all kinds of diseases from the toxic fumes and everything else that was burning down there. Someone said 3,000 died in the towers in the attacks and 3,000 more died afterwards from the fumes. And we don't know how many died in the ensuing war, but we can say this, Joe Biden doesn't care about any one of them. Not any one of them. Tulsi Gabbard was a former congresswoman from Hawaii who enlisted. She's insulted by Biden's behavior. It's 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 insulting beyond words. It was even more insulting. I won't say even more insulting. It was also insulting to hear in the speech that he delivered during that fuel stop in Alaska, him lecturing the American people about how it is our responsibility that we must take seriously to defend democracy. And he is saying these words, lecturing us as he and his administration every step of the way are undermining our own democracy, both by his politicizing the Department of Justice to go after Donald Trump, his major political opponent in this upcoming presidential election, his going after and changing the rules of the DNC to make it so people who vote for RFK Jr., their votes won't actually count. Uh, he is sending uh, his Department of Justice after parents who are trying to stand up for their right to, to their children's education. It's incredible. But people like her felt insulted, and she should. She enlisted. She volunteered for something Joe Biden never volunteered for. Joe Biden never volunteered to join the armed forces. But he'll use them against you with the power that he wields. Kellyanne Conway, was it too much to ask of Biden to cross town and stay in Washington and go to New York and Pennsylvania? This is not a big lift to make part of your day a visit to the Pentagon across town, New York City at Ground Zero, quick flight, or Shanksville, Pennsylvania. So I think it was a miscue on many different levels, particularly for a guy who ran on being a unifier. 9-11 is a nonpartisan solemn remember, day of remembrance, uh, the worst attack ever. And I want people to remember where he was. Now, we can make fun of what Joe, the way Joe Biden speaks and the way he acts, but I want Americans to start listening to what he actually says. That's the scary part. We can see him, as you say, bumbling, stumbling, mumbling. But what comes out of his mouth is particularly dangerous for our safety, our prosperity, our security, our hopefulness. Carpe diem, Kellyanne Conway. And it goes to what Tulsi Gabbard was talking about and what I said earlier in the show. He, he insulted every one of us with this lecture. Who do you think you are? Do you think anybody believes your BS? You're an arrogant, pompous, vile ass. That's all you've ever been. Now you're just an old one, demented. They have to open the baby steps to Air Force One to let him come out and go back in without tripping over his ass and falling down. It's sickening, everything about this guy. Yesterday, Rudy Giuliani retraced his steps from 22 years ago in lower Manhattan. At one point, he had asked the White House how many planes were unaccounted for. And such was the state of confusion that day that almost all of the information that came from the White House or the government 
was false. He said at least seven mayors, or any of them headed for the city, said you can't discount that. But I wouldn't worry about that. He was very confident, we'll take him down. And I said, well, my main concern now is going to be secondary attacks. Maybe they'll bomb St. Patrick's, maybe they'll bomb uh, the Empire State Building. And then I could see the two towers head on. And I would say, I stopped. And I said, oh my God. Because when you see it straight on, all the way up there, the flames coming out. I don't know, it's the worst shot I've ever seen in my whole life. You can hear the emotion in his voice 22 years later, reliving the path he took. Our director of research found that. And yet the President of the United States can't be bothered to come and commemorate the loss of over 3,000 lives that very day, the day that our country changed forever. Pearl Harbor was awful, but our country didn't change forever. Our country changed forever on September 11th. Everything about it changed. Travel will never be the same as it was before 9-11. In some areas, that's good. We have better security. That's good. We were living a life that we thought was safe. It wasn't. Whether by his fault or not, George W. Bush failed miserably in keeping us safe. Was it negligence? Was it a lack of attention to detail? Was it simply not paying attention at all? Whatever it was, the president's ultimate responsibility is to keep us safe, and he failed. Biden's failure is immediate and catastrophic in keeping us safe. All you have to do is gaze at the southern border to know. So not only could you hear the emotion in Rudy Giuliani's voice, and we didn't hear that same emotion in Biden's voice, by the way, when he was screaming and yelling from Alaska. Maybe he thought if he yelled loudly enough in Alaska, we'd hear him in Washington, D.C. or New York or Shanksville. Ari Fleischer, and I'm no fan of Ari Fleischer, but he was the Karine Jean-Pierre of the George W. Bush administration. And he was with President Bush all day that day. And it amazes me how much false information was given to them that made it all the way up the chain to the president himself. Almost every piece of the information they received was false. It's amazing to me how much bad, wrong information there was swirling that day. When we boarded Air Force One, the Pentagon had just been struck. We heard about that in the motorcade. We then were told that there are six unidentified aircraft in the sky. So we thought there are going to be six more attacks. Of course, there was one more. We were told that the fourth plane went down near Camp David. It actually went down about 100 miles away in Shanksville. We were told at 10.32 in the morning that a message came into the Situation Room saying, Angel is next. Angel was the code word for Air Force One. How did anybody have that code word? It got to the point that Air Force pilot, Colonel Tillman, stationed an armed security policeman at the steps going up to the cockpit on Air Force One to prevent anybody from going up to the cockpit out of fear it could be an inside job. All those reports turned out to be false, thank God. But it was just amazing how much information just rose up to the level of the president about what could be, what's next, almost all of it false. 
I was watching a documentary yesterday on the History Channel, and it was just called Air Force One on that day. And Colonel Tillman, that you heard Ari Fleischer refer to, was the pilot. And he had to make decisions that day. He felt like he was a target in the sky. But he said, we have evasive procedures, one of which, and this is incredible. Of course, I learned the angel code word during this documentary. But one of the things they can do from Air Force One, and you can only imagine that once they once 9-11 was over, they said that they did a complete overhaul of technology and everything on Air Force One because they had blacked out at different points during the day. But one of the things he had at his disposal was if he pushed a button, metal fragments would be released from the rear of the aircraft to anything following it. So you say, well, what is that going to do, metal fragments? Well, that will take a heat-seeking missile off course. So if someone fired a missile that was attracted to metal, as these are, these heat-seeking missiles, if you fired these bits and pieces and fragments all over the place, the, the missile would be confused and would follow the wrong thing. It is incredible what that plane has. It is literally an airborne White House. And it's bigger than the White House. At least that's what they said yesterday. It's hard to believe that it is. But it has unbelievable space and rooms and the president's facilities. It's an incredible airplane. And yet, they felt in danger that day. And to to his credit, George W. Bush got into arguments with his staff and other high-ranking officials that he was adamant about coming back to the White House, to Washington, D.C. He felt it was necessary. But believe it or not, it's not his decision. It wasn't the president's decision to come back or not. It was the Secret Service. They make the call when it comes to the protection of the president. And they did. I said at the beginning of the show, there was a horrific story about 9-11 and the greed that takes place in different people in this country like Larry Silverstein. Larry Silverstein bought the World Trade Center a month before the attacks for just $14 million. Pretty good deal, right? He then took out terrorism insurance that would pay him $4.5 billion if the World Trade Center was attacked and destroyed by terrorists. On the morning of September 11th, 2001, Larry Silverstein didn't go to his office in the Twin Towers. Instead, he went to a dermatologist for an appointment. Now, there are those who are going to say he was in on it. It's ironic that the one day he has a doctor's appointment, his Precious property gets attacked and he collects $4.5 billion. Some would say that's coincidence. Some would say it's more than that. But here's where Larry Silverstein is the worst. He discussed his collection of his $4.5 billion insurance policy and called it his obligation to collect, enlisting the help of a newly installed governor, Elliot Spitzer, a friend of his. They had an obligation to collect the insurance proceeds from the policies. A new governor was just elected, Elliot Spitzer, an old friend who I knew well. I said, Elliot, 
If you don't help me, I'll never collect from the insurance companies. And guess what? He listened. And he said, you know what? You're entitled. I'm going to get you the money. And in six months, he got me the four and a half billion dollars. We got very, very lucky. Can you imagine that guy? What a low-rent scum son of a bitch he is. He's right on par with Biden. All that money-grubbing SOB is interested in is getting his money. He didn't care about all the lives that were lost. I'm lucky I got my $4.5 billion. Disrespectful isn't even a word that, that fits this guy, Larry Silverstein. What a bastard. But they're all over the place. Elliot Spitzer's his friend. These liberals all stick together, don't they? Just get me my money. I don't care about those 3,000 dead people. I'm wondering if there was insurance policies from the different companies, the various entities that were housed in the World Trade Center, that they could collect from Larry Silverstein on. I hope there was. I truly do. And then we come to Biden and his news conference in Hanoi when he was in Vietnam over the weekend. It was the worst rambling, mumbling, bumbling collection of idiocy most people have ever seen. And the world was watching. Staff, if anybody haven't spoken to uh, now I ain't calling on you. Now it's just going to come to fruition in the G20 is making sure that we build a railroad all the way across the African continent. Think about it. He may have a game plan. He just hasn't shared it with me. We talked about making sure that the third world, the, uh, excuse me, third world, the, uh, the, the, uh, the southern hemisphere had access to change. It had access. We, it wasn't confrontational at all. You can thank, thank you, everybody. This ends the press conference. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. The little black lesbian liar jumped in there to end the conversation. It's incredible, isn't it? The whole world's watching that idiot, and he's an idiot. Wow. What do you think they 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 think when when they listen to that? <laughs> I mean, we used to be a feared and respected country. No more. No more, my friends. No more. And, of course, after listening to that, you think, well, no one would defend this clown, right? Absolutely no one. Who would defend an old doddering fool who can't complete one coherent thought? Well, the media would. That's who. Other liberal politicians would. That's who. You and I wouldn't because we're too smart. And actually, it doesn't take a real smart person. Because most people have recognized what Biden is. In fact, in a latest poll, he's underwater by 38 points with independent voters. <laughs> That's unbelievable. 38% of independents.
That that's an incredible number. Half of independents strongly disapprove of him. Another 20% somewhat disapprove. That's 70%. Only 31% approve of his performance in varying degrees. So his abysmal net minus 38 approval rating among independents is rock bottom. And yet people like Sonny Hostin Houston and other media people want to defend him. They're desperate to lie for both Biden and Harris. Why is Kamala so dangerous? That's kind of offensive to me. And the other thing is she's unprepared. The woman is ready to lead if she need, if she needs to lead. But I don't think Joe Biden's going anywhere because I see him on his bike in Delaware. I can't bike that much. And I mean, he's 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 fit. Wow. I can't bike that much It's because you're an idiot. Joe Biden's riding his bike with this doofus-looking helmet on it, falling down, and she's trying to claim that he's fit to be president because of that, because she can't ride a bike. And then that Kamala Harris is ready to lead. Ready to lead what and where? Ready to lead us over the cliff into the abyss? Because that's where she's going to head. For Biden's taking us. She'll continue that. He's fit. Did you see him riding his bike in Delaware? I want you to hear this again. This is how desperate liberals are to convince you of what you see, what you're seeing is not true. Why is Kamala so dangerous? That's kind of offensive to me. And the other thing is she's unprepared. The woman is ready to lead if she need, if she needs to lead. But I don't think Joe Biden's going anywhere because I see him on his bike in Delaware. I can't bike that much. And I mean, he's 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 fit. Why is Kamala dangerous? That's offensive to Sonny Hostin Houston. Don't you love people that get offended by everything? She gets offended by everything. She wakes up in the morning and she's offended. I get offended by absolutely nothing. I've said this many times. You can't offend me. You can piss me off, but you can't offend me. Anything you say to me, I'm like, I'm offended by that. You will never hear those words out of my mouth, ever. And there's one reason for that. I'm not a little slinky candy ass. I'm okay if you disagree with me. I'm okay if you think I'm full of crap. It doesn't bother me. It just renders you stupid. But it doesn't bother me. But she's offended. If someone says Kamala Harris is dangerous, Sonny Hostin Houston is offended. Is there anyone that you know that if someone says they're dangerous, that you would be offended by it? I can't imagine there is. I don't want to meet you if there is. Because you're clearly demented. Harris has to stop sitting down doing interviews all of a sudden because these people on these networks are turning on these on these Biden uh, folks. And when Harris sat down, she made the claim that she works with Biden every day and sees, just as Sonny Hostin Houston does, how fit he really is. And let me tell you something. I work with Joe Biden every day. Under Joe Biden's leadership, we have 
transformed and are in the process of transforming America's infrastructure. You are? What, what, what has happened in the infrastructure arena that has been good for America since they stole trillions of dollars for an infrastructure bill? What has happened? Has anything been done? Same potholes exist where I live that existed before that. Same aging bridges all across the country. But she says, let me tell you something. I work with Joe Biden every single day. That's a lie. No, you don't. The vice president isn't with Joe Biden every single day. It doesn't happen that way. For instance, on this trip to Vietnam, was she there? No. So she's not working with him. She's running around doing interviews. Steve Hilton, who's a very smart American from Britain, but nationalized as a citizen, he understands the whole world is watching. What must the world think? What must they think when they see that? I mean, it's one thing when we, we're used to it here in a way now, but sadly, over the years he's been in the, in, in the White House, he's doing these events and he sort of wanders off and shakes hands with imaginary people. What else? In a way, we've gotten used to it. But when he does it on the world stage like that, that's not just an embarrassment for him and his party. It's an embarrassment for our country, and particularly on this day, when the world is thinking about America, and we're all thinking about what America means, that's who's representing us. That's how he's doing it. It is absolutely appalling. It really is appalling. But what's more stunning and more appalling is the absolute disregard for the Constitution and the law that Democrats show almost daily. A woman by the name of Michelle Lujan Grisham is the governor of New Mexico. And on Friday, she issued a public health emergency order. These liberals love public health emergencies. They color everything under the umbrella of public health emergency. You're going to hear Sherrod Brown claim racism is a public health emergency. So to hear Lujan Grisham claim that banning legal gun owners from carrying their weapons in public is a public health emergency, you know they're full of shit again. So she issues an order banning them. So if you're in New Mexico, you can't carry a gun openly, even though the law says you can, she issued an order because she's a dictator, or or so she thinks. She's running into problems because everybody's calling for her to be impeached. She's a lunatic, and here she is talking about how nothing in the Constitution, none of our rights, is absolute. If this is true, why do you have a Constitution with a Bill of Rights? I think it's time to talk about the absoluteness of the discussion on the current court actions uh, that suggest that the Second Amendment is an absolute right and none of the others are. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. (laughs) That is, in essence, exactly the mantra of Democrats. Liberals believe that your freedom of speech is an absolute. All of your freedoms in the Ten Amendments to the Constitution known as the Bill of Rights are not an absolute, according to her, 
and liberals like her. And so they believe they can step on your freedom of speech. They can trample on your uh, right to have a gun. They can trample on every right that's enumerated in the Constitution. Your right to free speech. Your right to freedom of assembly. All of your rights can be suspended by the liberals if they just simply say, sorry, that's not an absolute right. You don't have it anymore. If you're not following, let me explain it to you. From Biden on down, the liberals have determined that they are now dictators in charge of you and that they are not governed by the laws of this country that are in existence. They are not covered by the Constitution of the United States. They make up their own laws as they go along, and every one of those laws that they make up by virtue of this dictatorial executive order process, every one of those is against you. Liberals, and by that I mean liberal voters, liberal citizens, are too stupid to understand that the same illegal orders that they're issuing pertain to them as well. So in in Albuquerque, you can't carry a weapon in public. It doesn't delineate conservatives or liberals. So the dumb liberals that vote for these people are going to suffer the same fate. She said it out loud. Liberals don't believe that the Bill of Rights is absolute. It's a floating document, I guess. If it's not absolute, it has to be floating, right? You have freedom of speech, but only if the Democrats determine that you should have it. It's not absolute. In recent months, many liberals have let these kinds of things slip out, which show us that they truly are Marxist, communist bastards. They really don't believe you should have these freedoms. You can't make the argument anymore that, well, they don't really mean it. Yes, they do. It's exactly how they view you and this country. They hate this country. The changes they want to make to it, they've already started, will ruin the country forever. It will sink into a dictatorship, and it might even sink into many, many dictators like Grisham in New Mexico. She thinks that she can violate Court decisions, the Constitution, all she has to do is wield her little wicked pen. And then she makes it so. Except you can't do that. It's illegal. It's absolutely illegal. And she's going to find out that she can't do it. And I'm sure that's not going to sit well. Why would it? It's not sitting well with politicians in New Mexico, citizens in New Mexico who are all calling for her to be impeached. They're nuts. The sheriff in one of the biggest counties in New Mexico outside of Albuquerque is John Allen. Will you enforce the government's order, Sheriff? Uh, no, we will not. Do you believe that it's unconstitutional? No, I do. As I stated today, uh, it's unconstitutional. It's something we won't enforce. That's something I don't want to have deputies also tied up in civil litigation. 
uh, make sure we do our job correctly. And like I took my oath on January 1st of 2023, I uh, was took an oath to uphold the Constitution. Carpe diem to Sheriff Allen, who, by the way, ran as a Democrat. But he's not a liberal psychopath. He took an oath to uphold the Constitution. He knows what the Constitution says. Only whack job lunatics like Grisham say otherwise. There are state politicians in New Mexico now who are calling for her impeachment. One said this order violates the governor's oath to protect and defend the rights of New Mexicans and is illegal in nature. The legislature has a duty to intervene when the government is overstepping boundaries and Governor Grisham's order and comments disqualify her from continuing her tenure as governor. Can you imagine this woman? It's unbelievable. (laughs) Now let's wait and see what happens to Grisham, the governor in New Mexico. Do you think anything will happen to her? Do you think she'll resign? No, no chance. Do you think she'll be forced to resign? No chance. Do you think she'll be impeached? I doubt it. There's too many liberals and too many Democrats in that government of New Mexico. But it seems as though Governor Grisham, like Biden, and like all liberals, is corrupt as holy hell. In March of 2020, New Mexico Governor Michelle Grisham locked down her state due to the coronavirus threat. New Mexico was ranked 39th out of the 50 states in coronavirus cases at that time. But after Grisham locked down the state, she made a private call to her favorite jewelry store to make a purchase. Of course, she was able to do this because she is the Democrat governor. But she got caught and started changing her story. Then in 2021, the far-left governor was caught using taxpayer money to pay for groceries, whiskey, and tequila. Return of COVID restrictions? Instead of complying, here's one way to be prepared. Fox News reported, New Mexico's Democrat governor is on the defensive after a report this week detailed her office's spending from a taxpayer-supported expense fund. Records show Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham spent nearly $13,500 over a six-month period in 2020 on items such as groceries, dry cleaning, and alcohol. How about that? So it turns out the good governor is as corrupt as the president of the United States is. She's as corrupt as Gavin Newsom is, as Pelosi is. All of these liberal hypocrites who shut you down and locked you down and locked down your kids causing decades' worth of mental and emotional problems, absolutely ignored their own orders when it came to their own selfish interests. And in Grisham's case, stealing taxpayer money. Now that's such a no-no that she should be impeached immediately in in, in New Mexico. Will she be? I think we all know the answer to that. The day a liberal goes to jail is the day we should have a ticker tape parade down the Canyon of Heroes in New York City. It just doesn't happen. So the sheriff's not going to enforce it. Over in Virginia, I don't know if you remember the story, uh, a year or so ago, I guess it was, 
There was a father of a, a young girl in school who was raped in the women's restroom. Now, when the father showed up at the school board meeting to complain, he was, in my opinion, assaulted by police. He was bad, he, he could have a battery claim against the, those same police. The school board should forever be banned in that school district. And it was disgraceful what happened to him. He was prosecuted. Worse yet, the cover-up that took place protected the perpetrator. And then after outrageous public pressure, they moved the perpetrator, didn't arrest him, didn't charge him, moved him to another school where he raped again. And nothing was done. Nothing was done by that Democrat regime in Virginia. The same ones that Harris, Clinton, and Biden stumped for. McAuliffe, the governor. Thank God Governor Glenn Youngkin came in and beat his ass. Youngkin spoke with Scott Smith, the father of this girl, on Friday about his legal hot water. I I spoke with Mr. Smith on Friday, and I had the privilege of telling Mr. Smith that I would pardon him. And we did that on Friday. We we righted a wrong. He should have never been prosecuted here. This was a dad standing up for his daughter. And just to remind everyone, his daughter had been sexually assaulted in the bathroom of a school, and no one was doing anything about it. And in fact, it it took the election of a new governor, me, and my directive to our attorney general, Jason Miaras, to investigate this, to uncover the fact that the superintendent had in fact covered it up. And he was immediately terminated when the final report from the grand jury was issued. Uh, Mr. Smith did what any father would do, what any parent would do, was stand up for their child. And, and, And even worse, what then happened was the perpetrator was moved to another school and sexually assaulted another young woman. Um, this this was a gross miscarriage of justice, and I was so pleased to speak with him on Friday and be able to issue a full pardon for him. But you won't hear about that pardon on mainstream liberal media. They won't give it one second of coverage. They'll leave you with the images that this guy was a rogue parent who started a fight at a school board meeting and had to be escorted out by the police and then was charged. That's how you can have the truth covered up by media in this country. They choose to do it. They do it willingly. They carry the bucket of water for the Liberal Party all the time, every time. And now we've got a president who is absolutely in love with China, as long as China's playing by the rules, of course. I just want to make sure we have a relationship with China that is on the up and up, squared away. I, I want to see China succeed economically. I don't want to see them succeed by the rules. He's insane. He's abjectly insane. Lindsey Graham, your response to Biden not wanting to hurt China? You're worried about not hurting China. China is hurting America. They still are. They still are intellectual property. They're providing the precursors for the fentanyl poisoning. Fentanyl coming into our country is the leading cause of death of young people, and China's a key player in it. They're threatening to invade Taiwan. So what I want 
President Biden to do is to let the Chinese know that they're rock bottom in the United States Congress. There's one thing Republicans, Democrats agree on. We believe China's out of control. I want to push back on China. Mr. President, don't say you don't want to hurt them when they're hurting us. Tell them they're going to pay a price if they keep hurting us. I never thought I'd say it, but carpe diem, Lindsey Graham. Why are we so weak on China? Why do we have a president who's so cozy to China? Well, we all know the answer to that. But he's so brazen about it because he knows he won't be called out on it by the mainstream media. That he's in bed with the Communist Party of China. That he collects tens of millions of dollars in illegal shakedown fees from China. That he shares it with his family, enriching everyone in his family, except one little granddaughter that he ignores. That's why he's cozy to China. Who in their right mind would say, I don't want to hurt China? China's done nothing if they haven't hurt us, and they won't stop. China wants to destroy the United States economy and the country without ever firing a single shot. So don't look for a war to break out. There might be one that breaks out in Taiwan, but not here against us. The Chinese are so much smarter than the people that run our country, except when Trump was in. You notice when Trump was in, China was on the way down. They're still feeling the effects of Trump's tariffs. He's still crushing their economy, even though he's not in office. It's really sickening. Lindsey Graham, is there a high threat for another terrorist hit on this country again? I've never seen a higher threat than I do right now. You've got Taliban back in charge of Afghanistan, safe haven being provided to terrorist groups in Afghanistan with a broken southern border. You've got an ISIS guy smuggling people in. It's just a matter of time till we get hit again unless the administration changes their policy. I couldn't agree more with that. You've got terrorists, known terrorists, who've come in across that southern border. And there was a blinking sign that said, terrorists, welcome. And so they took advantage of it. They don't have to fly their way in and go through customs. They can just come across the southern border. As one senator was saying yesterday, no one comes across that border that isn't sponsored by a cartel. No one. So Biden's enriching the drug dealers of Mexico every single day. And he doesn't care about it. And then he gives the billions to Iran on 9-11. They knew about it months ago, but they decided to announce it on 9-11, further slapping in the face the families of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Nicola Loda is a congressman. He can't believe the timing of the Biden regime with this announcement. You know, I'm here in Manhattan right now. I was down on 9-11 on ground zero yesterday. The timing is terrible, too. It's a slap in the face of all the families who lost folks uh, 22 years ago. The timing could not be worse. I don't know what this administration is thinking. Well, they're not thinking because they don't care. If they cared at all, they would think about how it looks. But they don't care. So it just doesn't worry them. 
And that means at all. It doesn't worry them at all. And now, of course, we've got COVID back, according to Biden and no one else. But keep in mind that Biden's group wants you to get your COVID shot right now. Now, never mind that they haven't been tested. Never mind that there's no studies done on them. He just doesn't want you to think about it. Just go get your vaccine. Get it now. He's requesting funding from Congress for a new vaccine. I pray that Congress doesn't give it to them. Dr. Marty McCary, what is going on with this? We need freedom of speech within the medical community. And if you think about it, White House doctors were emailing social media platforms using their clout, not only as a physician, but as a government authority to tell social media what to post and what not to post. So when people think that the COVID vaccine is 100 percent safe with no risk of complications or you ask your doctor, what is the risk of myocarditis in a young, healthy person? And they have a disproportionate uh, impression of what that number is. Is. It may be because the White House was emailing Facebook to take down true stories and medical studies of vaccine complications. That's what the Supreme Court has found them guilty of. And now they're telling you to take another vaccine. And any doctor who would post, as Marty McCary has done, saying, hold on a second. This hasn't been developed, hasn't been tested. There's no evidence that it works. Why are we moving forward with it? But if he does that on social media platforms, they'll be instructed by Biden's regime of Nazis to take it down, even though the Supreme Court has just found that that kind of practice is illegal. But Biden doesn't care what the Supreme Court says. Again, I'll repeat it. If Joe Biden doesn't finish his life in jail, no one should in the history of our country moving forward. Close the jails down, make them into parking lots, do whatever you want with them, but don't have a jail. If this guy's not in jail, no one belongs in jail. Dr. McCary, we don't live in North Korea. Look, we don't live in North Korea where there's a central ministry of truth. Imagine if the government were telling social media companies that there was misinformation about opioids because the White House believed that opioids were not addictive as the medical consensus believed for 35 plus years. Imagine if the White House had emailed social media companies to stop misinformation because somebody was saying that smoking is bad for your health. Remember, the consensus was for 25 plus years that smoking was not bad for you. There's a reason why we have freedom of speech in the medical profession. Yeah, there is, but do you really? We've seen them squelch it before. We've seen doctors from the White House squelch it before. So, yes, we should have freedom of speech in the medical community, but do we? And now they've decided that their new little toy is going to be called public health emergency in regard to the vaccine and the COVID, but also regarding racism. That's right. Racism now is a public health emergency 
according to the masked up Sherrod Brown, Sherrod Brown, however you say this jackass's name, I don't care. Also introducing resolution declaring racism a public health emergency. The president must declare a public health emergency and then do everything to expand access to medication abortion, uh, over-the-counter birth control. That was the genius Ayanna Presley following up Sherrod Brown. Everything's a public health emergency to these people. Racism's a public health emergency. Can you imagine that? Anybody feel like their health is in danger because some guy is a racist? Notice I didn't say racism. I said some guy or some gal. Because that's where you find it. It's a pocket here and a pocket there. America is not racist. America is not close to being racist. I always get a kick out of the NFL with their crap about social justice and, uh, you know, supporting more blacks in positions. This from a league who has black referees, black head coaches, 80% of the players are black. I guess racism is a public emergency. Maybe Sherrod Brown meant the white guy is the victim. I mean, based on those numbers I just gave you, at least in football, the white guy is the victim. It's even worse in basketball. So maybe that's the racism that's a public health emergency that Sherrod Brown was talking about. Does anybody think that's true? No, he doesn't see things like that. All of a sudden, I mentioned earlier that Kamala Harris and Biden better be careful who they sit down with. These liberal people are all of a sudden becoming a journalist in a little bit of a way, not not a big way. But Christine Brennan, of all people, actually got tough on Harris. And listen to how lost Harris becomes. So when the border crossings went down earlier in the summer, the administration said it was due to your policies working. Now they're going back up as they did in the month of August. Does that show the strategy is no longer working? Absolutely not. You don't think the strategy is working despite the numbers being up? Overall, we are seeing progress. But there is, we're not going to have a constant. There are going to be fluctuations. That is normal, just like the weather fluctuates. <laughs> wow. Yep, Sonny Hostin Houston, she's fit. She's ready. There's your leader. She's not dangerous at all. Let's put her in there. How about this? A simple question completely stumps her. Are you taking the threat? of a second Trump presidency seriously enough? I don't understand the question. What part of that question do you think she didn't understand? Are you taking the threat of a second Donald Trump presidency seriously enough? Now, of course, it's not a threat to anything. But the point is, that's not a hard question. If you're a liberal, you take that and you say, we can't let that happen. But Harris... Uh, I don't understand the question. You don't understand the question. Let's listen closely to see if the question was a stumper. Are you taking the threat of a second Trump presidency seriously enough? I don't understand the question. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a stumper, but she doesn't understand it. Imagine if you ever asked her a tough question. 
So not only Christine Brennan, but there was Chuck Todd himself while he wasn't upchucking with Gavin Newsom, and he played journalist with Gavin Newsom. You found a way to allow the motion picture industry and some, and the and the sort of the movie industry to get back to work, but you didn't allow people to grieve together at funerals or at churches. I think we didn't know we didn't know, and it was hardly I. Uh, it was we. Didn't know what we didn't know. You think that line was rehearsed? Well, if you didn't know what you didn't know, let's just accept that. How did you know that you could let Hollywood stay open? Because you closed the churches and you didn't allow people to visit their elderly in assisted living homes or old folks' homes, retirement homes. You didn't let them go to funerals. So you apparently knew what you didn't know regarding ordinary citizens. Or you didn't know what you didn't know. But you did know what you didn't know when it came to Hollywood. Because you allowed them to stay open and work. And then he says, it's not I, it's we. So don't just blame me. I know I should take the blame. I'm the governor. But let's blame everybody else first. After all, I'm the guy that went out to Napa Valley without a mask. None of my friends had masks on. We enjoyed a fine dinner, probably on taxpayer expense. None of us were wearing masks, but we didn't know what we didn't know, he says. So in other words, we erred on the side of caution when we like had the most draconian lockdowns in the country, in the world. California was the worst followed closely by Illinois and New York. But we didn't know what we didn't know, so we had to err on the side of caution. But what about Hollywood? Well, we didn't know what we didn't know, and by the way, it's not me, it's we. If that guy ever becomes president, and he won't, but if he ever did, I'm leaving. I, I'm, I'm just done with this country, with these people. Can any place be worse? Honestly, ask you that question. We think Trudeau's a complete jackass, liberal, weak sister. That's what he is. But he's no worse. I mean, how could it be worse? I've had it with these people. Gavin Newsom, there's another guy that belongs in jail. All of the problems he's caused people in California. Put him and his wet back hair in jail. He's pathetic. Shame on you. Well, I shouldn't say that. I I shouldn't say, Kimberly Guilfoyle, shame on you. I know you married him, but we all make those terrible mistakes, so never mind. But I can't believe you did. These Dominion lawyers, these creeps, are still going after anyone in Donald Trump's circle, including Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy. So during a televised deposition, not a televised, but a recorded video deposition, the lawyer for Dominion decided to be a smart ass and ask a question and, inv- and included the phrase lumpy pillows to Mike Lindell. He found out that Mike Lindell is not a rollover coward like most Republicans are. Okay, and I'm not asking about the lumpy pillow calls. Uh- no, they're not lumpy pillows. That's not what they call on. 
Okay, that when you say lumpy pillows, now you're an asshole. You got that? You're an asshole like is what you are. Like no, he's an asshole. No, he's an ambulance chasing asshole. That's what you are. The lumpy pillows, kiss my ass. Put that in your book. No, they, they answer anything, any problem customer that wants to reach Mike Lindell. Those are the ones. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. They send them to here and they go... Or they call about, um, maybe they didn't get their pillow on time because of uh, um, the FedEx or whatever. Well, we'll cover them even though it could be somebody else's fault. Nobody called because of a lumpy pillow. But good good one, though. You done? Yeah, I'm done. What I'm saying Obviously, is... you don't have my pillow, too. You don't, do you? What I'm saying is, Mr. Lindell... Asshole. I... Oh, go ahead. No, I'm pissed. I love you, Mike Lindell. That little weak, spineless, dominion coward. That's all he is. He, you're right. He's an ambulance-chasing asshole. That's just what he is. And that's what a lot of lawyers are, let's face it. The overwhelming majority of the legal community is not anybody to look up to. Trust me. I've experienced it. I've seen them in action. That's why all I do in terms of legal life, is help people, kids mostly, who get in trouble. I have no desire to be associated with lawyers in any social setting whatsoever. There are some who are very good people, but the overwhelming majority of lawyers are the kind of people I don't want to be near. Not even near them. And then when they're corrupt enough, they get appointed as judges. That's even better. Now, I want you to hear insanity, because sometimes we can document it for you. But a psychologist who is an addiction specialist was on with Megan Kelly the other day by the name of Dr. Nicholas Kadaris. And the doctor is going to weigh in after Megan Kelly played this video. Now, this is a young woman, I'm guessing to be high school age, perhaps college. And this is a victim of being, of living a life online. Listen to this woman. I'm Cody, pronouns E-M, er, er's, or Z-Z-Z-Z-Z, or, or, or really any neo pronouns that aren't Z-Z-Z-Z. I am a white, transmasculine, femme, non-binary, temporarily, mostly able-bodied, neurodivergent, obsessive, compulsive, chronically ill, culturally Jewish, Unitarian Universalist, non-monogamous, demi-low-romantic, gray demi-bisexual, survivor of acute and complex trauma, millennial, and cat parent in mental health recovery. Did you catch that? Where does someone become like that? You know who posted that was Riley Gaines, the swimmer. These people live among us. Institutions like the University of Oklahoma, who got all upset because Art Bryles was on the field talking to his son-in-law, who's an assistant coach there, and the University of Oklahoma caved to the demands of the social media whack jobs like this woman. They cave to these people all, all the time. Dr. Carderis, what do you make of that nut job? It's crazy. Um, in clinical terms, it's insane. Um, yeah. yeah. We're seeing a lot of that. So, you know, it's interesting when you look at the psychiatric metrics of the different generational cohorts, 
the younger the cohort, you know, as we go down from baby boomer to Gen X to millennial to Gen Z, the more psychiatric unwellness we have. Um, so the most health, mentally healthy people are in their 50s and 60s. And as you go down the ladder, more depression, anxiety, um, suicidality, self-harm, um, all the all the psych metrics spike as you get younger and younger, which seem, mm. which is correlating with their immersion in this sort of digital world. They live their life online where there's nothing but garbage and trash. Now, we as adults say, how can anybody be influenced by that? Well, they are because it's all they know. You and I didn't grow up with that, thank God. We can look at it now and laugh at it. We can read it. We can look at our phones. We can read something on our phones on social media posts. We just go, what a complete nut job. But these young people go, oh, they're right. They're right. I better subscribe to the same kind of thinking. Otherwise, I'll be ostracized. I'll be a pariah. I I won't have any friends. That's how they think. So then they succumb to that insanity. Now, of course, not all of them, but you heard what the doctor said. The lower you go on the totem pole to the younger ages, all of those mental illnesses spike the numbers. That's why we have school shootings. It has nothing to do with guns. It has to do with mentally unstable people who got that way thanks to living their life online. So if you're a responsible parent and you see your kids or your grandkids in front of their phone or their laptop all day, you got to put an end to it. Unless you want a whack job for a kid. Carpe diem to Riley Gaines for exposing it. Carpe diem to Megan Kelly and Dr. Nicholas Coderis for commenting on it. Unbelievable. You just think about it, folks. Keep an eye on those kids. If that's what they're paying attention to, if that's how they're living their lives, they're in trouble. And only be a matter of time before you're in trouble because they're your kids or your grandkids. Let me get you out of trouble if you're going to buy a car, though. And trouble by trouble, I mean beating your head against the wall, trying to get yourself a good deal, knowing that you're going to spend an entire Saturday afternoon missing out on college football, on the grandkids or the kids' soccer or or football games. You're going to miss all of that. A beautiful fall Saturday going to find a car. A guy was telling me the other day about a friend of his that took seven hours on a Saturday. He was unaware of stl-cars.com. I am not unaware of it. I know all about stl-cars.com because I've purchased three vehicles through the years through from them. My son just purchased an SUV from them. On their website, they have over a 1,000 vehicles for you to look at. stl-cars.com. Check them out, used or new. SUVs, cars, trucks, doesn't matter. Pick the one you want. Then call or text 314-626-3251. 314-626-3251. Ask for Don. Tell him what you want. Tell him how much you want to pay, and he'll find it for you. He has a huge inventory around the country of all of these automobiles, trucks, SUVs for you, and he'll bring it to you. He brought mine from Tennessee, my last one. My son's came in from Alabama. But the company is right here in St. Louis. It is a locally owned and operated company in Ellisville off of Manchester Road. 314-626-3251. Tell them what you want. 
Tell them what you want to pay. STL-cars.com. All right, we'll take a quick break, and we're coming back with your phone calls, 636-348-4460, right here in the Monster Energy Drink, STL-cars.com, Window World, Kings Court.
We welcome you back in. Kevin Slayton with you on this Tuesday morning, September 12th, the day after the commemoration of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. We welcome you back into the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Window World Kings Court, and our good friends at Window World have the best windows for you. They also have them priced just right for you. That's what they do. They give you the best product. They price it right for you. And they'll come out and give you a free in-home estimate. Absolutely free. All you have to do is call them, 314-993-1800. That's what I did when hail broke through my windows a few years ago. I just called them. They came out to my house, proved to me that they were simply the best for less. That's the mantra that Window World has, but they follow it up and back it up. They back it up with a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass breakage, and labor. Now you say to yourself, how can they do that? Glass breakage? Oh, yeah. Because they use double-strength glass, that's how. That makes it a little easier, right? The preferred window of the Blues is what you'll be getting, the official window of the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. But I have kicked these windows. I've jumped on them, stood on them, tried to crack them or crease them or dent them or damage them, and I couldn't do it. They also offer you 18 months, same as cash financing with approved credit at Window World. 314-993-1800. 314-993-1800. 314-993-1800. 314-993-1800. Let them know that we sent you. And you'll be happy that you made that call, I promise you. Very, very, very happy. Did you see where um, one of, well, you know, there's so many of these women who vie for the dumbest woman. Uh, I guess what I would have to say in public life, can't just limit it to media now because we've got Sandy Cortez who recently uh, went on Instagram, of course, to suggest to all of us that this crippling inflation that is hurting everyone that Americans are struggling with on a daily basis at the grocery store, at the gas pump, just about everywhere else you buy anything. According to her, Sandy Cortez, the great economist, it's simply propaganda. It's just propaganda. Nothing to worry about here, nothing to see here. It's propaganda, according to her. And a lot of people in her district are struggling like people all over the place, and they're starting to question her sanity in the district where she was once a bartender. (laughs) So she can keep uh, on her Instagram all the time. Even the people that live in her district now, like a certified nursing assistant who's 41 years old, a single mother of three, and a grandmother, said she was struggling financially since the pandemic and that inflation is real and she doesn't know what Cortez is talking about. She says, is she crazy? Has she been to a grocery store recently? $1,000 ain't nothing no more. $100 ain't nothing no more. Maybe she should spend some time in the projects and really help people. Yikes. That's a big oopsie for Sandy Cortez. We say good morning to Steve. How are you today, Steve? Doing great, Kevin. Carpe diem to you. Carpe diem back at you. Well, thank you. Um, I might need your help today, Kevin, because uh, I'm going to say something that uh, might shock you, but I'll I'll try to explain it, and then you can you know tell me uh, where I'm wrong. But um, now let me lead in by saying I agree with you a hundred percent that. Uh, Joe Biden is evil. 
Uh, he's corrupt. He's a criminal. Uh, he does not care about people. Uh, but, you know, I think, I don't think he hates America. And, and let me explain I think, I think you should why. Be taken, I think you should be taken out and shot. <laughs> let, let me let me explain um why i'm thinking this crazy thought the um see i don't joe biden is is so old he's old enough that uh i, I think you know he was probably raised you know hearing real history about the united states there were times in his career where he paraded as a somewhat conservative or moderate Democrat, whatever you want to call them back then, you know, he was at times, uh, you know, he was all anti-crime and went overboard. Uh, but I don't, I don't think he was raised or brought up to believe, you know, America is a, is a bad country and you should hate it, uh, and try to destroy it. But yet, um, He's doing a lot of things that are destroying our country and seem to indicate, like you mentioned, you know, who, first of all, not only not going to the memorials, you know, in New York or in uh, the Pentagon or Shanksville, but then on the same day, giving tons of money to, you know, the greatest state sponsor of terror and one of our worst enemies, Iran. And uh, going over to China or India and Vietnam and saying, you know, we need to, you know, help China. Strong China is good for the world. It, it's, it sounds crazy, but I don't think um, he now I do agree with you that he does uh, hate a lot of people. He definitely hates blacks. And you've shown, you know, over the years where he's exposed his true feelings that he, he is a racist but I don't think he hates the country. I think the reason why he's doing things to destroy our country is because he, um, not to not to get back at a country he hates, but he has handlers who are true. And I don't mean this in a generic sense, true communists. They want to destroy this nation. They hate everything we stand for. And he's being handled by them. But I don't think he hates America. I think he's the kind of person that will go along with anyone that, you know, gives him what he wants, which is power and money. He's totally corrupt and he'll go along with anyone, including China or that bastard over in uh, Ukraine, Zelensky, anyone who fills his pockets with money. Uh, the people who, you know, cover for him and are protecting him in the corrupt DOJ but I don't think he hates America. I think he's just totally surrounded by and his puppet strings are totally controlled by communists. Well, he might be controlled right? by communists, and that that probably is all true. But what gives you the impression? In other words, what has he shown you that makes you believe he doesn't hate America? I think every action he takes, every word he speaks proves to me that he hates this country. He has told you what a what a, a white supremacist you are. He has told you how racism controls this lousy, rotten country we live in and that we're all a bunch of racists and that we need to liberate ourselves from this racist tendency that we all have. He hates this country. You see, everything you said is true, and he has done all of those things. I personally think he's too stupid 
and too demented to act rationally enough to determine that he hates America and he's going to try to destroy it. I don't think I we think can ever driven, excuse. I don't think we can ever excuse his kind of actions and rhetoric with stupidity ever again. the The common thing is to say, "Well, you know, poor old Joe, he's demented. Poor old Joe, my butt. He is the most evil United States hating person I've ever seen in my life. I swear, this guy hates America, hates every bit I, of it, and I, he's going to uh, hate it even more when he's in jail." I agree that it's more than him being stupid and demented. I agree wholeheartedly that he is evil, but I, I don't think I don't think he would care enough uh, if he really cared about a cause. Like you know, if he was a true commie and hated America, that he would you know put forth the effort or having the brains to destroy it. I think it's the evil side of him that what does he want? He wants money and power. The Biden corrupt crime family is the only thing that he really cares about. Um, I don't think he cares enough or has enough energy to try to destroy America. I think it's the people behind him. He's just so evil that he he will go along with anything, the most evil, corrupt things, because he's evil and he is just totally corrupt. But But the reason uh, he he, he wants to maintain power – so that he can remain corrupt and he can remain enriching his family and himself. And so, therefore, in order to do all of those things, you have to hate the America that we live in because the real America would not allow for that. So he has to hate what we are. He has to change what we are. And that's what he's been trying to do. I mean, he's in favor. Remember, he's all for these people being in jail, our political prisoners, the January 6th gulags. This is all with his blessing. He hates this country. He hates freedom of expression. We've seen that. He's all on board with silencing everybody's freedom of speech. He hates everything about this country. And he hates it even more when he gets out of office and they're going to put him in jail. And I believe he will be in jail one day. Well, I I agree with you. And if you judge a tree by its fruit, then, uh, you know, he's a rotten fruit that hates his country because he's trying to destroy it. I, I guess in my warped mind, I'm just, I don't want to give him any credit <laughs> for actually, you know, even though, you know, communists are diametrically opposed to, to good, they're diametrically opposed to what our country was built on and stands for. I, I just don't want to give him credit for having, um, you know, for even being a good communist. I think he's a lousy communist because he just follows, you know, his handlers. And, uh, but yeah, pure evil. And, uh, yeah, I think you've convinced me, you know, (laughs) if, uh, if you didn't, if you didn't hate America, you know, even if you didn't love America, you wouldn't do these kind of things to try to destroy. And as you pointed out earlier, some of the things he does, it's like he's intentionally trying to throw salt in very, uh, very bad wounds. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, the, you can't time. you can't not hate America and turn your back on the 9-11 commemoration ceremonies when you're the president of the United States. You have to not only hate America, but you have to hate those individual families with so much anger and vitriol that, that no human being would even consider doing what he did yesterday. Yeah. Okay. That's this is the reason why I called uh, the the king of St. Louis Radio because you know I I knew you would help me with this crazy thought. But uh, 
So I, I thank you for that, and uh, I'm I'm going to tune in later too because uh, you know I want to hear the only guy in St. Louis that will that has for a long time been calling out what people are maybe starting to see about uh, hillbilly Elia Drinknitz. Um, <laughs> it's it's this, drink shits as I call them. This guy is it's, the worst. It's, it's he, so hopeless. He, he might be the worst coach in America, and yet he's one of the most arrogant. I, I always under, I, I can never figure out the combination between incompetence and arrogance. When you're grossly incompetent, at some point, if you have a morsel of, of a brain, you recognize that you're incompetent. For instance, if I decided I would be a brain surgeon today, at some point I would recognize that I'm incompetent at that, and I need to stop doing it. I wouldn't keep bragging that I'm the greatest brain surgeon in history when my brain sur- surgery patients end up vegetables. And this guy can't coach football, and it's obvious every time he tries it, his teams end up horrible, and yet he brags about himself. It's incredible. Well, the, the, the thing that you shared, it might have been yesterday or day before, um, that showed me he, he's beyond incompetent as a football coach, there's something wrong with his brain. When you played that clip of him even mentioning Nick Saban in his comments to the press, you know, him and Nick Saban's name in the same breath, the same conversation, is just insanity. It really is. That would be like, uh, what could I use? Um, that would be like a junior high school quarterback saying, you know, I remind myself of Tom Brady. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's off the charts insane, but he is, he is insane down there. Now the new athletic director down there claims, well, she's not new anymore, but she claims that she's not going to accept mediocrity. And yet there she is accepting mediocrity. So we'll see, I guess in the next few months, but get ready for the beat down on Saturday against Kansas state. Cause it's going to happen. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to, put a second mortgage on my house and take all that money and put it on Kansas state covering. And, re- and remember the gift that keeps on giving Adam Wainwright pitches tonight. So you could even, oh, you could even a buy a cottage. I got to save some money for that. Yeah. You I got to save some money for that. You could buy your vacation home with that. <laughs> well, this is why we call in. I say, you know, thank you for the advice. Thank you for straightening me out on showing even, you know, even a misguided morsel of uh, sympathy for that uh, demented, uh, evil, uh, hateful person in the White House. So thank you, and carpe diem to the king. Carpe diem to you, Steve. Folks, our phone lines are open, 636-348-4460. Yeah, he, he, he could not not hate America when you do what he did yesterday. And that's just one of the many examples, but that one sort of stands out, doesn't it? I mean, here he is on a very solemn day when so many people pulled together and he basically tells all of us to go pound salt. He's sickening. He hates this country and he hates us. By the way, he hates you. Understand that he hates you and me and everybody else. No reason at all. Hey, Meathead struck. If you're from a certain... uh, Age group, you are familiar with Meathead. Rob Reiner is the actor who played Michael Stivik in the uber-popular All in the Family television show in the 70s. 
but but uh, Meathead has become a psychotic liberal who clearly suffers from Trump derangement syndrome, among other syndromes. He's not just a Trump derangement syndrome guy. He's got mental disabilities in almost every category. I mean, he might be the worst in Hollywood. Now, how strong of a statement is that? And I would actually say he is, and if you want to point to someone else, I'll be happy to defend my position. I'm open to listening to someone else being crazier, but this guy's really out there. He went on Twitter about what needs to happen in order for democracy to survive. Now, keep in mind, we are not a democracy, but we are a republic. We are a democratic republic. So he doesn't know that. That's step number one in his educational process. But he's essentially decided that in order for democracy to survive, now, democracy, there, there is a, if you, if you are going by a democratic rule, obviously you have a freedom of speech component in there. And you don't just accept one philosophy or one point of view. But Meathead doesn't quite even understand what a democracy would be. So he says that the hard reality for our democracy to survive, two things must happen. Donald Trump needs to be convicted for January 6th, and there can be no third-party candidate. So in essence, he wants one-party rule. He wants the Republican candidate who is going to be the nominee, Donald Trump, convicted of bogus charges, convicted for saying that he wants people to peacefully go down to the Capitol and make their feelings known. And then if someone like Robert Kennedy Jr. wanted to run as a third-party candidate, he shouldn't be allowed to. (laughs) This guy's all about democracy, right? Journalist Glenn Greenwald, and he is a real journalist, tweeted back at him, I love when Democrats take a break from insisting that they are defending democracy to actually explaining a bit what they mean by democracy. From trying to imprison their political adversaries to suing to strike them from the ballot to censoring the Internet to this. Carpe diem, Glenn Greenwald. So true. Molly Hemingway, removing from the ballot the candidate most likely to defeat the ruling regime is the equivalent of canceling 2024 elections, an horrific attack on democracy. Everyone who cares about the country should loudly condemn Rob Reiner. Matt Taibbi. So for democracy to survive, America needs to become a one-party state. Have you lost your mind? And all of these people, Matt Taibbi, by the way, is a liberal, tweeting at uber-liberal psychopath meathead Stivic. I'll never have any respect for Laura Ingram as long as I live. She does some good work, but you can't trust her because one night when she had Meathead on, she played to him as if he were some sort of a god, and she was worshiping him rather than grilling him. It was the most embarrassing moment of her career. Trust me on it. I'm going to try to find it and play bits and pieces over the next few days and, and, and see see what I can find on it, but... I'll never forget the appearance about a year or so ago. And I was watching with my jaw dropping to the ground for all of her strong, tough talk. Once she got on the same set with him, she cowardly walked away with her tail between her legs. It was an embarrassing moment for conservatism and especially for Laura Ingram. 
that I don't think she's ever recovered from. I don't think she can ever recover from it. The only way to recover from it is, would be to have him on your show again and destroy him. That would be the only way. Otherwise, you're dead in the water because you, you don't have any conservative strengths whatsoever. You don't have any journalistic kudos coming your way. You embarrassed yourself, and you embarrassed the conservative movement, and it is a movement. It's a movement of common sense where people respect each other, where people respect the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. That's what conservatism is. Liberalism is exactly the opposite, where they respect none of those things. All right, that's going to wrap us for this morning right here in the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Window World, King's Court. But don't forget the sports version of the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, King's Court, is this afternoon at noon Central Time on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. You'll be able to hear the podcast here, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, 590TheFan.com and all of the same platforms that you can hear this show on. So we're back fighting the good fight again for you tomorrow morning. And we will do so at 7 o'clock Central Time. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.